Blog Talk Radio. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, wherever on this wonderful globe you are. It's Rick Price with the Rick Factor Talk Show. And today my guest is Jessica Blotter. She's a kindness uh, a curator, a, a travel inspirer, and animal advocate. Jessica is the founder and CEO of Kind Traveler. She's a journalist and an animal welfare advocate. And this hour, I will be interviewing her about her passions and how we can use travel for the, for the good of all mankind. And before I get into my formal introduction with Jessica, I want to remind our listeners, if you'd like to call in and ask any questions, um, we're going to relegate that on the 30-minute mark, and I'll let you know. But call in to 646-716-9202. Or if you have a chance to go into the chat room, you can actually relay the questions to me at the Rick Factor Talk at Blog Talk Radio in the chat room, and I will go ahead and convey those messages uh, whenever I can to Jessica. And Jessica, thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Rick. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to, to talk with you today, so thank you. Well, no problem. Hey, I'm glad I got you on the show today. And uh, just for any of my audience who may not know who you are, could you give us kind of a brief bio, you know, kind of a personalized bio of who Jessica Blotter is and, and what, you know, what you're about? Sure. Um, So, as you said, I am the uh, co-founder of Kind Traveler, and uh, this is a a new project that, well, I've been working on for three years now, me and a team, and uh, our really, our real mission, which really describes the essence of of my life and my, my mission in life, is uh, to transform travelers into a force for good that benefits um, humans, animals, and the environment. And our mission um, really is a reflection of really my, um, my personal work as an animal advocate uh, and journalist. Um, I've been writing for uh, different media outlets such as Fast Company, Green Logic, and uh, the Boutique Lodging Association and uh, CBS Los Angeles, several others. Uh, but um, a big, you know, part of my message and as a journalist is uh, interviewing uh, other animal advocates and change makers, people who are really, um, you know, doing something great in the world, um, sharing their stories, inspiring other people, and how they can be a change maker. So, um, you know, being able to use my voice um, in that way um, has, uh, you know, is, has been just, um, you know, it's really something that everybody can do, um, but um, something that, um, you know, I've just has really been a, um, a big part of, of how this has all developed as well. So, so. So that's sort of, you know, as a journalist and as a a social entrepreneur, um, that's really where, you know, my focus is today. But I have a, a, you know, I started my career as an educator. I was an earth science teacher uh, about 10 years ago um, and then, you know, transformed into a career in advertising over about a 10-year period. And, um, you know, really, you know, since I was a child, I've always, wanted to help animals, um, and uh, my career over the last 15 years has really evolved into um, this platform that we're getting ready to launch here soon as a way to not only help animals, but um, people um, and the environment as well, and connecting people to causes, finding, you know, passions that people, you know, helping people find their passion and then actually rewarding them for um, doing something good. So, um, so yeah, I'm you know super excited to be here today, and um, obviously with the launch of Kind Traveler coming up around the corner, uh, it's an exciting time with um, a lot of great things um, really close to happening. So, so 
thank you again for uh, for the chance to to talk more about all of that. Okay, and one thing I'd like to get um, into right now is that you started off. Uh, you were a girl from like the Midwest, were you not? And, oh, I'm uh, from you, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, you're from Pittsburgh, and that's kind of a kind of a steel mill type town, you know. And <laughs> how did, yeah, and how did a girl uh, who started off living in that kind of community get the um, and I hate to use the term, but it is probably the proper term here, the grandiose idea that you would become a force for good later on in your life. How how did that transpire? Well, um, as an only child, um, I you know I was the daughter of uh, you know two two parents that uh, did not go to college, and I always knew that I wanted to do things differently and pursue an education. Um, but of course, if I wanted to do that, I, I knew that I had to do it by my own um, will. And when I started researching, um, you know, really in high school of all the different opportunities and places there were to go to university, um, I, I had this realization that, um, you know, th this I could really make any choice that I wanted. Um, I was going to be taking out student loans to make this decision. And, you know, if my parents, you know, would have paid for college and maybe I wouldn't have had that same freedom, I don't know. But I knew that um, with that decision um, came a lot of independency and knowing that, you know, I had this choice. And um, with that choice also came the choice of how I wanted to spend my career, how I wanted to spend my time, my life, my, my minutes and hours of, of my days. And seeing other people and really my parents that, um, you know, they didn't necessarily have stable, stable careers or jobs. They, work always seemed kind of like a, um, a chore. And early on, you know, reading, reading so many different books that really had inspired me um, and also having this big decision really in my own hands, I knew that I wanted to find and do something that I really enjoyed. And so it was this conversation of, what am I passionate about? Because I wanted my work to feel like it wasn't work. So, um, so as a an eighteen or nineteen year old, I um, made the decision to uh, move across the country and start my education um, at Arizona State, and where I uh, finished with uh, I was a biology major, and I wanted um, initially I thought that I wanted to be um, an earth science teacher. I went on, I got my master's in education, and uh, really knowing that education is a foundation that is really needed in, in all careers. And, um, you know, back then, uh, you know, I, in my interest in wanting to help animals, biology um, and earth science, I mean, th this really encountered wildlife and, you know, biodiversity, and I was always just so fascinated about um, learning about the different animals uh, that make up the, the Amazon and learning about endangered species. And um, I, I just, I was always just so in awe of their existence and how beautiful they were and how there was um, so many different types of species. And um, I, I always, you know, had this desire to, to want to help them. And I, I, you know, maybe as an only child too, I spend a lot of time alone. I spend a lot of time with my 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 uh, pets, my cats. You know, I had a couple cats and a dog who, you know, they sort of became my friends in a lot of ways. And I spend a lot of time just observing them and their emotions and their broad range of uh, of really just emotional capability. And I was just very fascinated with that. Um, and then, you know, as I sort of got older. Um, you start learning about some of the world's problems. You know, you start, your eyes start opening, you start awakening. Um, I also, you know, became a, a, well, I started doing yoga um, about 
uh, I guess now, like 12 or 13 years ago. And I also think that yoga was something that um, really helps you get clear, gain clarity and, and consciousness to um, your heart and your passions and what your real essence is. Um, so in in this sort of evolution, uh, you know, you start learning about some of the world's biggest uh, problems. You know, you start learning about um, factory farming. You start learning about climate change. You start learning about poverty and, um, you know, realizing how lucky I was to be actually living, you know, where I lived and not ever having to face any real challenges such as, you know, where am I going to get water? Where am I going to get food or shelter? I I realized that I was um, very blessed. And with that realization came the decision that I wanted to use my life as a, as a positive force, use my voice. Not everyone has a voice. Some people don't are actually able to share their voice. So, you know, I, I, you know, I wanted to dedicate my life to, to doing something that was meaningful and that I could look back on and, um, know that I made a difference somehow in my life. So over time, you know, you just, you evolve. And uh, I had, you know, like I said, a 10-year career working with, um, um, in advertising with uh, different startup companies and um, seeing sort of the energy of a startup. I worked with a magazine uh, that went from, you know, publishing this little magazine that was like stapled together to turning into this, you know, $10 million a year uh, magazine. And it was all about fashion, entertainment, and uh, lifestyle. And it was really inspiring. I mean, I went to college with these people. And so this was sort of in my back my backyard. And um, I always thought, like, wow, you know, it, it, he took this idea and just went with it. And it was just so inspiring for me to be uh, at sort of the forefront of that. Um, And, you know, I learned business. I learned how to have, you know, how to get new clients, how to build relationships with clients. And at one point, you know, me and my small sales team, we were, we were selling and advertising, um, you know, like three or four million dollars a year in advertising and we were selling ads that had to do with, you know, promoting really sort of a gluttonous lifestyle. I mean, it was fancy cars and fashion designers and what the hottest party was and, um, you know, what the fanciest new condo development was, um, things that were really kind of superficial in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, the good part was is that I learned how to build a business. And, um, you know, through those experiences, I and then at the same time, and you know, starting to become a more aware, conscious human being, I, I you know, started studying other industries. And media is a gigantic industry, but the fourth largest industry in the world is travel. And I always had wanted to travel. I mean, I hadn't done a lot of traveling, but as much as I would like to at this point in my life, but I have always been just fascinated. I think it goes back to that fascination of wildlife and biodiversity and seeing all these beautiful places and animals of the world. Um, So, you know, when I started really wrapping my head around it, it was, you know, I learned that it was a $7 trillion per year. And so, you know, ultimately Kind Traveler was kind of born out of this idea of, wow, you know, what if every time you traveled, you could become a force for good, whether that meant a hero for the hungry or a voice for animals or, um, you know, a warrior for good in some way, you know, how could you do that? So, um, so I I know I'm kind of long winded here, but it was, you know, you see this evolution, um, of how this sort of, of became, um, where we are today. And obviously there was like this pinnacle moment that I can tell you about later. Um, if you'd like about really what sparked 
you know, kind traveler, um, the whole concept. Um, so, but, so I hope that answered your question. <laughs> it, it, like I said, it was an evolution of, of many years and experiences. Well, Jessica, hey, that's fine with me. I'm very passionate about certain things I'm a part of. I'm, I've written papers on gravity control and on developing new technologies that will take us eventually off of fossil fuels and to where we mm. can live in a pollution-free society once and for all, which would help oh, uh, I love that. humanity. It would help humanity worldwide, not only in our sphere, but worldwide. Sure. Wow. And it can also, and you know, that's what I'm passionate about. I want to be a positive change for good. And what that's you're, wonderful. and what you're talking about right now, tells me that you found a, uh, a niche where you can actually apply some of the foundations. And being and being a positive or having a positive effect on humanity by doing something even as simple as travel, getting people involved. Right. Yes. And Absolutely. and let me and uh, let me ask you this: uh, you know, you were a science teacher, right? Yes. When you were teaching science, how, how old were the kids? So they were, um, so I taught high school and middle school. So it was like ninth and 10th grade and then uh, 6th and 8th grade. So, um, you know, I did two years of that. Um, One of the years it was um, a part of a university program with the University of California, San Diego. um, as part of a charter school called the Price School. And, um, it, you know, it was a really privileged opportunity because these kids were all very gifted, but they all came from low um, socioeconomic backgrounds. So they um, really, being at that school, they, they had a real opportunity. If they finished the program, then they had sort of honors to get accepted into uh, the UC system. So it was a really unique opportunity. The teachers go actually go to school and do research in their classrooms and then report back on that research uh, to the rest of the teachers. And, you know, it was a real, just very uh, conducive learning environment. Okay. So was that a, a foundation or a way that you could reach out to the, to the kids and make a positive change in their lives? And, and also before yeah, you answer that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before you answer that, though, did that help be a catalyst uh, for what you have done later on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, going into that um, and, you know, being able to inspire other people um, and, and really educate them. And, you know, I think that the foundation of all growth is is education. And um, it's also a career that, you know, it applies to almost every industry. You know, you need education. So it, um, you know, it most definitely laid the foundation for my career and being able to, you know, educate as I moved on, you know, through the next 10 or so years, um, you know, whether it was um, educating um, a team um, or new clients, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a wonderful foundation. So now going into this role with Kind Traveler, it's also kind of coming into play as a you know, foundation to teach people how they can be kind every time they travel and how they can be a force for good. So, um, you know, it, it all has very strong relevance to, to where, you know, where, where I am today. Well, and another thing I want to get into right now because it's closing in on the ha- on the half hour mark, and I'm going to leave that open hopefully for Q and A with the audience. Now, remember, people, call in at six four six seven one six ninety two zero two, and you can talk live to Jessica. Well, here's the other thing I want to get into. You're an animal rights advocate, a vegan. 
and um, you've been involved with PETA for years. Now, I know all those go hand in hand. Now, what eventually led you into the vegan lifestyle? I mean, other, you know, we know about the animal rights issue, and I understand that. But was there an epiphany moment that, you know, woke your eyes up and, and made you think, this is what I want to do, and this is the, the uh, path where I want to go? Right. So, you know, I had uh, slowly been evolving. I, um, 10 or maybe even 15 years ago now, I, I decided to give up uh, red meat. Um, and that was really, at the time, that was just a choice for uh, really health reasons. Um, you know, learning about the different saturated fats and how they're a number one cause of cancer and heart disease. Um, it was it was definitely purely like dietary um, in the very beginning. This was a while ago, and as I evolved and you know kind of grew up, um, I realized through you know several documentaries and books um, that the biggest thing, if I really cared about animals, if I said that I really loved animals, the biggest thing I could do to help them would be to stop eating them. And so this decision, um, you know, going to these, you know, I've been to many different, you know, Mercy for Animals, uh, you know, Best Friends Animal Society, different events. And, you know, you start learning the facts about the industry. And these are all facts that the government has done a really good job in, in hiding these truths. Um, but, you know, when you start uncovering them and you see that this is all, you know, based off of facts, not just, um, you know, what you hear, you, you start to think about extending your circle of compassion to all living beings, not just the family dog or cat, but to all living beings, farm animals included. Um, you start to see, you know, there's a famous campaign out there. It's like, why one, why love one but not the other? You know, and there's a picture of, like, a dog or a cat, and then you have a picture of, like, a chicken or a pig or a cow. And so you start to see that, you know, you, you know, by, by choosing one uh, over the other, in a way, you're kind of, uh, you know, it's really dis discriminating, um, you know, because these animals, pigs are the fourth or in, at least in the top ten smartest animals on the planet. They're actually smarter than dogs. And, um, you know, you, you want to, you know, align your heart, what you believe in your heart, the compassion, you know, that I had in my heart with the actual actions of my daily life. And something that we all have a decision to make at least three times a day is what are we going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Um, so we all have this choice that we can make. And if we choose compassion every single time, then we're truly – you know, if you love animals, um, you know, you're really aligning those actions. But, um, you know, I, I think that it, 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 it definitely comes as an evolution. Um, like I said, I, you know, I gave up red meat and then eventually I gave up um, dairy. And once you realize that there are just so many amazing vegan options available. I mean, you, you really don't miss it for one second. But really, it's, um, it has to do with a social movement, not just the dietary choice. And we all have that we can make every single day. Um, you know, it's about eliminating suffering of all animals. It's about the environment, you know, they say it's research, um, it's truth that um, there's more emissions, uh, it, carbon dioxide emissions released into the environment from agriculture than all of the 
transportation and travel industry combined. Um, you know, so just from an environmental perspective, um, going vegan have your personal, um, you know, emissions that you might, um, like from the, your car or from, you know, just, you know, other sources by half every single year. So, um, so it's an environmental problem. And then it's also when, you know, when you want to talk about uh, world hunger and poverty, uh, the amount of grass or land that one cow needs to, uh, to, to, to basically just graze and, and feed itself, if you would take, would, were to take that same plot of land and actually grow fruits and vegetables, you could feed, you know, a, a big, a, a small city essentially. So it's, it's really thinking about how all of this is connected, realizing that we are all connected, and also realizing in just, you know, um, as a way to really extend your circle of compassion, uh, understanding the facts. I mean, it's in America alone, we're slaughtering 10 billion farm animals every single year. And it's a huge number to, to think about. Um, where the, you know, many, you know, there's a third of the world that is, is, is starving essentially, um, you know, who lack clean food and water. So it's, you know, there's amazing documentaries out there. There's one that recently came out called um, Cowspiracy. Um, and even this month, January, uh, there's a company or a nonprofit group out of the UK called Veganuary, as in January, but Veganuary. And um, they have a campaign that um, is going through this month to inspire people to just try it for one month. And they have lots of great recipes and uh, documentaries to watch and, and things to really help you consider um, you know, maybe just trying it uh, for, for one month to start. So um, it's a really, really great, a really great mission that they have. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, and I enjoy the the fact that you're passionate about it. And the one thing about people who have listened to my show in the past, they know that I've learned to shut up and let my guests talk. And, that, and I. <laughs> And I'm so happy about that because, uh, and by the way, we're coming at the 30-minute uh, mark, so if any of you want to call in, feel free to do so at 646-716-9202, or you can go into the chat room at Rick, uh, the Rick Factor Show and uh, express your opinions and let us know how you think about the show today. And one thing I want to bring up about compassion is the mere fact that I've been around homeless people in the United States. I know that even uh, in our own country, uh, we tend to look at others, and I am compassionate uh, about how others live and how they feel. But I'm also uh, compassionate, Jessica, regarding the um, issues that our own country and our own people or having to deal with with uh, poverty, with children not being able to eat, families not being right. able to afford to buy food, and it's not only a uh, endemic situation around the world, but we're looking at it now within the borders of our own country. And one of the things that I'm passionate about is getting people to get out there and be a part of a collective community. Yeah. In order to do this, not only here in the United States, but, you know, worldwide, we have to have a bit of a collective mind frame that we're going to help our fellow man out, that it should not only be the government that does it, but we should have enough compassion that we get out there and we are willing to help our fellow man and also other um, other members of creation, you know, animals and such. Because if we're not going to be compassionate regarding one particular part of our uh, 
of our world and of our society, whether it be human or animal, we're, um, we're not going to be compassionate compassionate about anything. Right. And Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's this thing that um, it says peace starts on your plate. And I, I think that there's so much truth to that, you know, because what you're saying is, you know, these decisions really start on an individual level to be more compassionate, and then they can extend, you know, into your community. But they really start first with the person and, you know, understanding how they can make compassionate choices, um, No, not only, you know, with what they eat, but with what they buy and how they spend their dollar. I mean, you know, you can support companies that, are doing something good for the society or environment, or you could, you know, support ones that aren't. You know, we really have to vote with our dollar to create change and to support the companies and, you know, organizations that are doing good things. And I think that that really um, leads into um, the private sector a lot because there's an opportunity there for, you know, businesses to become forces for good so that not only are they positively impacting society, um, but they're also an economic force. And that's really the premise, you know, the premise of Kind Traveler. Um, You know, we're a designated benefit corporation, which is a new type of business classification in California that blends together uh, for-profit and non-profit elements. And by business businesses, you know, deciding to take this route, um, I really think that there lies, you know, one of the greatest chances, you know, chances for our country as a whole to, um, you know, not only become more financially stable, but also to positively benefit communities and animals, and the environment. So and I think that's what, yeah. No, go ahead, Jessica. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah, no, you. No, 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 no. I was done, but I think that, you know, that just ties into what you were, were just saying, I believe. Well, when I write, you know, I, as I talked about earlier, I write papers on gravity physics, and I do work on uh, – what they call free energy technology, but there's no such thing as free energy if you understand physics. But it's the fact that we can have pollution-free technologies that can have such a positive impact, not only in our communities, but worldwide. Now, think about it. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about this, Jessica. What if all the world were on a, you know, all the world's communities were on an even playing field where we didn't have a small amount of individuals that had a majority of the, um, of the, of the uh, money and the benefits, but, you know, it was spread out more evenly to where other people could rise up in certain uh, econo- uh, economic social levels than where they are currently right now. In my opinion, yeah, it may, it may sound like socialism or whatever, but I think that if you give a person the chance that they can make a positive effect in their lives, their families, and in their communities, but if they're kept down, they're not going to be able to accomplish even that. So I want to know what you think about that. Right. Um, no, I I love what you're saying, and I think that, um, you know, I mean, I guess when I think of what I'm doing with Kind Traveler, you know, where the platform of it is so that, you know, and I haven't completely explained how it works, so I'll just explain really quickly. So maybe this could be a model for other businesses and people to be inspired by how, uh, you know, they can help other people um, through, you know, taking on a, a, a personal, you know, taking on a business initiative. But, um, you know, we we developed a way where everybody works. Um, by the um, way, just truly, just yeah. One thing yeah. real quickly, we have enough time. 
If you want to go into more uh, detail, go right ahead. I'm just giving you that heads up right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, creating a win-win-win, you know, business model, um, you know, where we can actually donate 100% back to the charities that are partnered with us. And the way that we did that is we created a give and get platform. So travelers come to the site, they give a donation to their favorite local or global charity, and as a reward for their donation, they get an amazing discount on some of today's greatest uh, properties. So the idea is that, you know, every traveler, before you travel, um, you would, you know, use our platform to book your travel. Um, you give a donation, you get a discount on your hotel stay, and then you would actually go and book directly with the hotel. Um, but, you know, through this model, the charities are getting 100%. The traveler gets to connect with something mean meaningful, and we're making it really easy for them to become a force for good. And then um, for the hotels, they get to become more socially responsible. And the hotels actually join our membership program. And that's how the business actually sustains itself is through the hotel membership. So it's this model where the traveler, the charity, and the hotel wins. And I think that if uh, the private sector and business can think of win-win models, um, overall society and, you know, it will, will have a better chance of, 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 of winning um, homelessness and, you know, hunger and poverty and, uh, you know, the suffering that we see. It's not, you know, it can't just be on the shoulders of government or just philanthropy in itself. We need the private sector to also be a force in uh, strengthening our communities. Um, so I... I you know, I hope that this business model, um, and it, of course, will be really exciting once we once we actually go live and people can see it. Um, you know, for now, you can go to kindtraveler.com and sign up to be notified when we launch here um, in the coming um, in, in February. Uh, but it's um, you know, it, it's I hope that it really can be you know an inspirational uh, model. For, for other people and businesses to to consider. So I think, you know, I, I think I'm kind of routing back to what you had asked me and how we, um, you know, could, could help uh, empower people, right, to um, if everyone could have, uh, an, you know, a chance. And I think that one of the ways that we can do that is, like I said, um, by getting businesses involved in, in this in this equation, not just not you know it's not just a, a nonprofit pro a problem for philanthropy or government. It's really about getting everybody involved in the conversation. No, and I like that idea. And um, by the way, real quickly, uh, remember six forty six seven sixteen ninety two zero two is the call in number. If you want to call in and talk to Jessica, feel free to do so. We're at the last part of the show, so um, I'm leaving. Hopefully, I'm leaving this open for some really good uh, interaction. If not, you know we can go on with this. And I have um, ideas of my own. I think what needs to be done, though, is that you know it's good to incentivize the uh, process, but I think it. It deals, too, Jessica, with the mere fact that we need to have the heart to give, and we've lost that. Yes. Yes. It, it is. It, it is. Um, and so I think that if we actually give people something back for it, maybe we will inspire more people to give because we're living in a society that is all about people, you know, uh, you know, many people are, are what have this mentality of like, well, what's in it for me? You know, and I think that something that we're doing here is sure you have the people that just give and volunteer and just donate because it's in their heart to do so. But um, 
for people that might need a little push or maybe they don't know what they even want to give to. Um, you know, what we've done is we've divided all of the world's causes into very distinct categories. So it, it takes on a very educational um, uh, it, it's very educational that we help inspire and uh, help people identify what they might even be passionate about. And um, the world's causes, you know, can really easily be broken down into animal welfare, the environment, children, human rights, international aid, um, education, so forth. Health is another one. Um, but you know, a lot of people, I mean, maybe they want to give, but they just really don't know what they want to give to or how to even start that process. So I think it's about inspiring people, um, pushing them a little bit further, and uh, rewarding them for doing something good, and then also educating them and hoping that maybe then um, they'll get involved with that cause on a deeper level. But it has to start somewhere. And there has to be a lot of inspiration in order to connect people, charitable giving, and even more so with a compassionate heart. So it's, you know, like you said, it really starts with the heart. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, connecting people with their passions and inspiring them because they might not know what it is. So... I really, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to being able to do that through, through our platform, but um, seeing, you know, other ways that other people might be able to do that, too, is really inspiring to think about. Well, and I agree with you on that, by the way, and I think what we need to do is that we need to inspire young people. I mean, the older ones can be inspired, but, you know, you know, it turns out that, you know, it's the cause of the weak. And then, you know, they mm-hmm. turn from one cause to another, to another, to another. But we need to find sustainability within these, um, within these uh, areas to where we can get people excite, uh, to be excited enough to get out there. Mm-hmm. And to keep that passion going, whether it be for animal rights, homeless, uh, homelessness. uh, Yeah, absolutely. um, I mean, you know, helping kids to read. I mean, I think one of the best and easiest ways to do that is to volunteer. I mean, just pick a local cause. I think it really starts in your community. It starts in your backyard. Uh, You know, what's a local cause or a local problem? that might even be just in your neighborhood and thinking locally and actually having, you know, a visceral experience, a hands-on experience can be so valuable and um, connecting people with something meaningful. And I think by default, um, you know, they say um, there's something called the helper's high and uh, in psychology it's, it's the, you know, your brain actually you know, physiologically changes when you are volunteering or participating in, you know, helping another person or animal. Um, And eventually I think that becomes very addictive and you just want to do more of it. You want to, you know, because it's this purpose. When people are connected with purpose, um, this is what makes them feel fulfilled. And so it's connecting purpose and passion and ultimately, you know, that's going to give people, um, it's going to lead to happiness, essentially, because um, when we have purpose and passion connected, we really, it really does provide a foundation, you know, just to be happy as a person. And when you're happy, you care more about your health, you care more about what you eat, you care about other people, Um you 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 just you know you care so I think it um, it all starts on a local level. What can you get involved with locally? Um, you know, for me, I'm really involved in animal rescue on a very local level. Um, you know, in our shelter system just here in America, there's uh, I believe it's 
two million dogs and cats that are euthanized every year just in America. And, you know, when I think about that, I I can't just sit there and not do anything about it. Like, it, it's easy to just kind of, like, feel like, you know, that you're that whatever you do is not going to change it. But it all really starts with that small action of just doing something. And if everybody did something, then it would eventually accumulate to a big change. So it's what's that one small thing that you can do? And for me, it's, you know, finding home, homes for homeless animals. And um, on a very local level, that's brought me a lot of satisfaction. And, you know, I'd love to, you know, as Kind Traveler grows, you know, I want to help, you know, lots of animals and people, not just, you know, the local ones, but, you know, be a force in ending the wildlife trade. You know, there's 30,000 elephants a year are being poached for their ivory right now. I mean, they're going to be extinct in five to ten years if it doesn't end. And the thought of these precious animals, pandas and rhinoceroses going extinct, um, you know, I, I have a hard time just sitting back and being complacent and, you know, letting that happen. And we all should care about it. You know, we all should we're at a time in, in history where it's it's really important for us all to care about it because if we don't start acting, then they're going to be gone in 10 years or less. So, but it really starts on a local level, I believe, and there's, you know, so many different things to get involved with and ways to get involved. It's just starting, you know, starting small, not getting too overwhelmed by it because it can be very daunting. So... Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm interested, too, in getting out there, getting the word out. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of my past shows, but I do, I, I have a political sense as well. When you're talking about saving the elephants or the rhinoceroses, the biggest problem we, that we're, we face in doing that is that there is a religious and political issue in Africa that deals with um, rhinoceros tusk and uh, the tusk of elephants. Dealing that if you grind them down, they it could be an aphrodisiac, uh, health wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to change the minds, though, Jessica of the individual in those areas and maybe help them learn another way. And can absolutely. that be done? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, um, it's mainly fueled by uh, the, the, the Chinese, uh, or China is the, the biggest importer of ivory. And, uh, you know, it's also a socioeconomic status uh you know, token in your living room. If you have a piece of ivory, it means that you're, you know, from the upper class. So, yeah, it, it, it comes back to education about, you know, instilling, you know, the the the, the truth and culture, uh, which can be obviously is extremely challenging um, because you're talking about a culture a population that's enormous. Um, so it's like, where do you start? Um, but I think that, you know, there's some really great groups out there um, that, you know, are, are tr- you know, making significant strides. And, um, you know, it's certainly a challenge that can't be taken on by one, one you know, nonprofit group or even a few. It really has to be consciousness of the human race, of, you know, of, of really where our world is going and where we are right now when it comes to wildlife, the environment, when it comes to, you know, global health, um, our decisions all affect us. So how do you become more conscious in your decision-making? I mean, that's really, you know, the question, right? So, Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. go right ahead, please. Don't no, let me go ahead. I, I was. I, no, I was I was done. Well, I was going to make a point, though, too. You know, I love getting guests on my show 
who are so passionate about what they believe in that they can take up the full hour just talking about it. And you've taken <laughs> up almost a full hour. Thank you. <laughs> oh, but, good. Uh, I, I enjoyed talking. Well, you're easy to talk to, so it was uh, I, I enjoyed talking with you, and I really appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> so thank you. No, thank you even more. You're welcome, but thank you even more. I mean, um, I need to get people like you on the show. I need to get people out there, you know, willing to listen and to learn. If we aren't able to use what we've been given between our ears to think with, our society is doomed. And I believe that we need to start thinking on our own. And, you know, yeah. these particular uh, these particular subjects make people think. And I enjoy making yeah. people think. If they, if they agree with me, fine, Jessica. If they don't, I'm fine with that, too. You know why? Because they're thinking on their own, at least I'm hoping. And they're forming yeah. opinions. And, you know, Absolutely. This- I agree. We can't rely on, you know, just, you know, what, what we hear in advertising and billboards. I mean, this isn't the truth. You know, this, we have to take it, take our own health in our own hands, you know, health, just taking your own, you know, person into your own hands. I mean, you're, um, you know, you, we can't be relying on the medical system to, you know, heal our bodies. You know, it starts with, with our own decisions and awareness and what we consume every single day and, you know, um, being responsible for our own decisions. Um, and, you know, having a preventative mindset and how we can, you know, stop um you know prevent illnesses and disease and you know just you know if we become whole and healthier in our minds and in our bodies we'll be able to help other people and help you know expand you know the 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 well-being of of society as a whole but like we were talking about before it really starts with our own individual decisions and like you said taking responsibility for your actions every day well and real quickly one more question and then i'm going to ask you for your contact information for my listeners but one more question when you worked in in the corporate side when you were doing fashion and all did you see a lot of a lot of superficial attitudes and all, and did that help help you direct redirect your energies to where you're you're currently at now? Absolutely, yes. I mean, you know, I saw the um, like I said, it was a lot of materialism and uh, gluttony, and you ask yourself this question of what am I doing this for? I mean, these are my hours and minutes of my life promoting uh, industries that absolutely have no positive benefit on society or the planet. Um, So if you can, you know, if you can make, you know, $10 million a year, which is about what, the magazine was making at the time um, and not give, you know, like very much at all to charity, if any. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't think that they were necessarily, you know, using that money to better anything. But, you know, and you think about, wow, you know, like all this energy and all this time and all this, um, you know, growing a business, like what if, what if we were doing this for actually something good? How much more purposeful would everyone feel? And I think it's, you know, it's hard to put your heart and your passion behind something that is not purposeful. But like I said earlier, when when you do connect your passion with a purpose, 
it really gives a foundation to have, you know, uh, sustainable um, energy, you know, and commitment to that, that cause. Um, so, you know, I mean, starting a business, there's absolutely nothing easy starting a business. And we've been in development, like I said, it was, it was a year of research and design. We've been a year in programming with a web team. Um, and there's been absolutely, I mean, it's been a painful process. Um, but because my, my purpose and passion are connected with it, it gives me that um, longevity and um, sustainability to keep on going. Um, because I, I know deep down in my heart that for something good and there's nothing more motivating and refreshing to know that what you're doing actually has a positive benefit. And um, I think that's the real, the real power in, in doing all that, but it's almost like I had to see the other side first to see, you know, how disconnected and disengaged my heart was in doing that work prior but it was a learning experience, and I also learned a lot about business and how to build relationships and how to build, you know, be in a startup where you have, you know, really relatively no, you know, budget to do to do much. You learn to work with what you have, and you learn to be sort of scrappy, and um, that that was a powerful learning experience as well. So, um, but. You know, no. Well, Jessica, yeah. uh, I need yeah. to do one thing real quickly. Yeah. I'm going to need to uh, get you to give your contact information now. Sure. We're about to run out of sure. time. Absolutely. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at Travel Kindly, is uh, my Twitter handle at Travel Kindly. And of course, um, our website, kindtraveler.com, you can sign up to be, um, you know, notified when we launch um and of course um if you wanted to email me you could do that as well it's uh jblotter at kindtraveler.com but i think um you know twitter usually is um seems to be an easy way to communicate with people so um, i'd be happy to hear um from anyone that might have any more questions or um want to talk to me about um, getting involved with um, what we're doing with Kind Traveler. That would be amazing to hear from um, anyone who, you know, shares a similar mission um, in wanting to uh, become a force for good. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. And uh, if any of you want to know more about this, uh, come to my about.me page. It's about.me forward slash Price Paul, or you can contact me via Blog Talk Radio. And I'd like to thank Jessica for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure, and I enjoyed your passion. I thank you so very much for uh, taking time out of your schedule uh, to be a guest on the show. And maybe in the future, maybe you and I can do another uh, interview where we can go into more. Uh, where we can go into more um, detail regarding your passions, you know, about the vegan lifestyle and about how you are wanting to be a positive force for good. And I would love to do that with you. And uh, do you have anything else that you would like to uh, tell my audience right now uh, before we end the show right now? You know, just thank you again uh, for the opportunity. I love, you know, any, any chance to, you know, speak for animals and be a voice for those that don't have a voice is, is something that, you know, I think is um, really a, just a special opportunity. So I, you know, I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And, again, you know, I'd love if people um, could check out kindtraveler.com and, um, you know, we'd love to hear what you think and, of course, um, if you want to connect and, and, and talk more, you can message me um, on Twitter at Travel Kindly. So thanks again, Rick. I uh, definitely would, would love to talk to you more in the future. So thank you so much. Okay, and have a good day. And remember, you can make change in your world. Thank you again for Absolutely. listening to The Wolf Factor, and have a great day. Thanks, and Rick. Bye.
Okay, we're about over, and I'd like to, okay, now we're over. I'm going to go ahead and try to call you back now uh, just to get your input. And okay. I'll call you back in a few minutes. Thank you again, Jessica. You're wonderful. Awesome. Oh, thanks, Rick. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll, um, I'll wait for your call here. Thank you. I'll call you back in just a moment. Thank you. Okay, sounds good. Okay, thank you. Bye. Okay, goodbye.